0: Listen to this. Zakawani, the flying winger. Here's
1: Brad Evans. And Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> it's again.
0: Happy days are here again.
1: Turning with a drive. it's Steve
0: Zakawani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans.
1: This is so weird.
2: The party has started.
1: hey what's up everyone welcome to another episode of side by side at the time of recording this the sounders are just over 24 hours away from seeing the pitch again against toronto fc but before we look ahead we do have to look back not just to the midweek game against montreal but this five game homestand the Sounders just had and so the current situation where the sounders are on the table should we be pleased should we be concerned and then what to expect with this next slate of upcoming games. Let's start with, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday. 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 Montreal was Wednesday. Montreal came to town. Now, this is a team we don't know much about. I haven't seen them since 2019. I think the main interest or buzz they generated in the past couple of years was when they announced Terry Henry as coach. He didn't last long, he left. They didn't know much about them. They impressed me. They're they were good. Like, I like seeing good teams. And the first two minutes after Jordan scored, I'm like, it's going to be a long day. They're going to play this high line, going to be a massive gap. They're going to get killed. Now, we'll get into this because I don't think Montreal adjusted. I think Jordan Morris adjusted for some reason. Changed what he was doing, began to play more inside, stopped hugging the touchline, which was working, and then made it easy for the Montreal centre-back. He was like, thank God. And then once they got on the ball, I mean, Jordan said in a post game interview, we interviewed Jordan Morris, he said, we just couldn't get the ball. We could not get the ball. We would chase them. And I've been on the game where you're playing against a team that's really good at keeping the ball. It is demoralizing. You chase and you chase, you win it. And then when you can't keep it after two or three passes, you give it away, you chase again for a whole minute. It takes a lot out of you. I thought that's what Montreal did. Sounders had maybe a couple of chances. Don't think Montreal keeper made saves, if I remember? not really and they got the win so you know, Schmetz didn't seem I mean he was disappointed I think taken in context I'm looking here at the scores the homestand was good 3-1-1 you can't be too mad at that but um, gut punch I thought this is a game I thought the Sounders really could have one to keep the good form going, um, but not only did they lose, I thought I thought they lost to the better team.
0: Sometimes I think these results might might be good because it makes the Sounders yeah. get back to the drawing board and say, okay, we are not invincible. We yeah. we are beatable team right now. Yeah. Um, I everything changes if we have our full strength lineup right, and we we won't see that this year because JP is going to be gone for the whole year. So now yeah. it's coaching and, and tactical decisions that are going to separate this team from, you know, making a run in the playoffs and or just sneaking into the playoffs. And, and that's the reality. And I thought it, Jordan had a second chance yeah, they, a, couple, a couple minutes later. He ended
1: up putting offside. He wasn't.
0: Right, well, yeah, yeah, right. He, to review it, I yeah, think he, he would have been, been. But done. it was a bad touch. Yeah. The turf, the ball got stuck, yeah. stuck up underneath him. And then exactly, I'm watching the game from up top, and I just don't understand why... Why I want to play in between, right. right in between the center back and the outside center back. Why wouldn't I just drift? It's a three-five-two. That's all your space. You have yeah. 50 yeah. yards of square space to operate yeah. in. And just let everyone push up the field and get organized. And then you can keep possession in the opponent's half. Not everything has to be smash the ball long yeah. and get to goal. It can be hit the ball long and maintain possession and make it an offense versus defense sort of day, yeah. right? Yeah. Especially when you're up one nothing. So I think... Yeah. T- um, Tactically, the Sounders fell fell asleep yeah. and allowed Montreal to to gain control and and to move the ball around. And Montreal, the, the number eleven was was
1: yeah, mere victim. Yeah, yeah was, he a, was
0: his top player. Um, his ability to he, he was good <laughs> keep the ball <laughs> yeah, and and re- he he controlled the whole tempo of the game. Yeah, the whole te- from on both sides of the ball. Yeah, he was unbelievable. Uh, and and he was good. Uh, so just a very very well organized team and. The Sounders had no answer to
1: a 3-5-2. Let me, let me ask you this, though, because we highlighted it five minutes before halftime. I'm in the booth. I look at Casey and Keith, and we said it, and Schmidt said it too. What they were doing so well was, you mentioned him, Mijovic, whose name, and then Kone, I think mm-hmm. 28, they were just post behind Rowe and yeah. Rusnak, in front of Yehmer and um, and Reagan. So kind of in that sweet spot between our midfield, but in front of our back line, and it was simple passes through the lines. Yeah. Now in that situation, and there's no exact science here. You know, I've dabbled in some coaching now, and I see it can be a hard problem to solve. Should the centre backs go with and be step into the space and be aggressive, or is that on Roe and Rusnak saying, "Look over your shoulder"? Like for example, does that happen if JP's there, if Aussie's there, a true six who kind of knows? the spaces that a playmaker tries to find. Is it a case of Rosneck's not really a defensive player, so it's hard for him to look over his shoulder all the time and those guys just took advantage of that? So that's what I think it is. If, if
0: I, I always try to put myself in that position and how I'm gonna approach it. Yeah. If I'm playing with two, I'm not playing too flat. Mm. I never want my two to play flat. And that's what we, we play a 4 2 3, 1 also in our high school and I always want them to be offset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even defensively, right? One of you can sit and patrol, while the other one can, whatever side of the field the ball is on, one of you steps, one of you drops. The ball gets switched to the other side. One of you steps, one of you drops, and that makes it way easier on our two center backs, especially Reagan, because he's still getting used to how to play with Yamar and what is my position when I play against an experienced guy like Kai Kamara, who just, Turned my head all night. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I talked to Kellen afterwards, and he said it was, we were just chasing. We could, we could not. Every, every time I looked over my shoulder, I go left, and then they play right. I go right, they play left. So it's just the balance in there, and I don't think we, we figured it out. But ultimately, yeah. at some point, you have to ask Nico to drop and just mm. sit right in front of you and clog the midfield three and sit. Let them have the ball, the three center backs. I don't care if they have the ball in the back. We got punished when the ball came in, they play forward, they yeah. play back, and then they switch the point of attack. And now the whole team has to shift and we're out of whack. And then they slowly taking real estate up the field and getting, and their service was spot was was spot good. on. It was good. I mean, it, yeah. pretty much every ball they swung in <laughs> turned our center backs. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think the Sounders face something that we haven't faced before. And I think, again, it's a good thing. Mm. We need that. We need to know that. Right now in the season, is, it's great to face something like that. Yeah. And for our coaches to get back to the drawing board and say, okay, I need work, Yeah. right? Yeah. And, and Kellen also, right? If he's going to have to play that role, he's going to have to experience some good yeah. teams for us to get over the hump if he's, if he's going to play there for, you know, the majority of this season.
1: I, I wonder how much we, you know, Freddie's great at what he does. Um, You know, I don't know at this stage of his career consistently as a nine, especially in this system where we play. Um, You look at the game against Kansas, the movement of Bruin, you know, the first goal came that way. And I wonder as well how much that Montreal had all the time in the world. If that's Raul, you're not getting that time. He's pressing you all day. And well, it's
0: not even that. Raul strikes fear in the opponent. Right. None of our other strikers really strike fear into the opponent because if you make a mistake, Raul's going to make you punish. Our yeah. other two are going to mostly retain possession yeah. and give it to Nico, right? So
1: Yeah, so I'm with you there. I sensed we, we missed a lot there as well, um, but you're right. I think it's one of those ones, if I'm a coach, I'm saying, look, they were just better. Tactically, they were better. They gave us problems we haven't really faced this season as much, and kudos to Montreal. If you're Schmetz in that locker room, you knew you had five home games, you had points to make up. Um, on the other side of it now, you're at 16 games played, you've won seven, you've tied two, you've lost seven, score 24, conceded 19, plus five, you're on the seventh, which I think is seven playoff teams, eight Yes,
0: yeah. uh, right at the
1: cutoff. Well, right on the line at seven. Um, still mm-hmm. with a game in hand on the top five. So, I mean, Sounders are still, it looks like, I mean, LAFC is, I mean, 36 points is 36 Flying. points. I mean, that is, yeah. that, is, that is pretty good. Over two points a game. Yeah, Sounders at 23. A win, you know, gets you into the fifth and fourth conversation. Um, should we be happy with a homestead? Was it, should it have been four wins? Would it be better? 3-1-1,
0: is that okay? I mean, this is what we always talk about, is yeah. if we told Adrian and ownership that we're going to lose the majority of our first couple games, but we're going to win Champions League. If we told them that last season, they'd be like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah. We're willing to sacrifice it, right? And they did. And you win. Uh, and if you told them, hey, but we're going to go 3-1-1 one, and one right after that and get back on track. And we're going to have uh, plus 5 goal differential. And they'll be like, oh, okay, that looks good to me. Um, but at the end of a home stand, you always want to win that one, right? You always want to give yourself confidence going into what is now going to be a really difficult schedule in, in the month of July. Yeah. Um, but again, I think you go into Toronto, I think you're going to see a ton of changes. And if you get out of Toronto with a point, I th- again, I think, you're, I think you're happy with that one. Um,
1: do, you, do you think heavy? Because we do have a week before Portland. Do you think heavy just because it's the third game <laughs> in a week, we'll see heavy changes? Or
0: I do. I think we've played yeah. quite a bit of games in the past couple weeks. Yeah. And I don't think you're going to see a Nico start unless... You, you never know unless he raises his hand it's like hey i'm we're going for it mm-hmm. give, give me 45 50 yeah, minutes yeah. and i'll do what i can but um uh, i don't know I, I see heavy rotation but i guess we'll see um i i was just impressed by montreal
1: <laughs> i think we all <laughs> just because we were. haven't yeah. seen we
0: haven't seen them yeah in a long time.
1: um staying in canada connecting teams sound go to toronto i don't know much about toronto to be honest um I know Bob is there, so that gives some intrigue. They've obviously signed. I don't know if he's cleared. Insignia? I don't know I when he's I don't think he's going to be available So he won't us. be available. That's no. obviously a big signing for the league. But they've struggled. You know, TFC only won 5 of 17. They've lost 9. They've conceded 32. They're minus 8. They're only 18 points. Um, and they, they've got a fight to go. Already, you know, doubled, um, two wins. Um, double wins needed to at least even get back to the line. So they've obviously not been that good, Toronto FC. Um even with these rotations, i always wonder when you as a coach in mls as well especially make those heavy rotations are you subconsciously telling the team we're okay not winning here i always worry what then the messaging is. i know schmetz having spoken to him you know many times over the years he said like they, he probably goes overboard then in the messaging once he knows like i'm taking nico out mm. maybe this guy out and other guys look and be like okay we're made in the sin they then focus on the message and being like, no, this is still a game we're trying to win. But I wonder if that rings hollow. If you go there and say, we're going to put five in the back, sit deep, try to hit on the counter. Um, we've seen it work. Sounders won a couple of years ago. Right approach, wrong approach, or you just don't know until... Yeah, it's,
0: it's such a mental... Every sport is mental. But what you're talking about now is how do you prepare yourself as a as a sub or a mm-hmm. player that doesn't play that much and get yourself up for a game? Because... We've seen time and time again that when players get injured and young players step in, they yeah. seem to perform better than when you sit Nico on the bench and you put in a player. Yes. And that is they know it's the, just temporary. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. expectation yeah. is just for one game. So then yeah. how does the coach motivate you to say,
1: yeah.
0: hey, this is really your opportunity when you know that Nico's just sitting on the bench yeah. watching you play? Yeah. yeah. Right? And there's a psyche there. So how do you tap into a player's competitiveness and and want to, to show? Because we yeah. all know at the end of the day, none of these guys are ever gonna um, you know, outplay Nico or Raul or yeah. on any day. Right, so that's a challenge for these young guys. And you know, that's probably Schmetz's biggest challenge and and the coaching staff is, how do you get the most out of these guys when the player and everyone around it knows that it's maybe just for one game. Yeah. Um, Ultimately that comes from within. Like I can't teach you how to take pride in something, right? That you either have it or you don't. And and ultimately I think that's what has separated players from staying here a long time and not, right? Like Will Bruin has come into games and scored and then he sits. And then he comes in and he scores and he says he's done it for the last three or four years. Yeah. And young players can should look at that and say, OK, maybe that's my role for now, even as a young player. And then yeah. I get my chance to, to step in and make a difference, whether it's here or at another team. But right. ultimately, it's about taking pride in, in what you're doing and
1: uh, you, you just can't teach that. That's tough. Uh, you alluded to it. I'm looking at the game sale. Toronto away, Portland at home, Nashville away, Chicago away, that's in the same week, back home to face Colorado, and then away to LAFC to end the month. That's only two home games. Um, Six games, four on the road. Portland, pretty much, home game or away game doesn't matter. Anything can happen in (laughs) the Derby game. Nashville will be a very tough trip, as will Chicago, as will Toronto, as will LAFC. Um, 18 points on the table here. What would be a reasonable... Um, grab that we can be pleased with half of them 12 points yeah I was gonna say 10,
0: 10 to 12 would be I think a good grab of points right there I
1: think three wins here would be really good yeah. Over a couple of times yeah. I mean that would be throughout that whole yeah.
0: stretch um,
1: it's a tough run
0: but I think this is the point in the season where you start to really figure out who is who yeah uh, especially you know Chicago Uh, We could really take advantage there. New coach, yes. There's a new system. Um, They've had quite a bit of changeover. Who knows what's going to happen with the goalkeeper. I think there's been a lot of hoopla around that team, and they just haven't been consistent. Toronto, I mean, you look at both those teams, 12th and 13th in their conference. You should look at those and say, even though we're away, we can get a result at Mm -hmm. both of those teams, right? And then Nashville is...
1: Tough at league. home yeah very uh, good yeah it's
0: a good team. Uh, so that's that's gonna be a tough one as well and then a rivalry game so it's a, it's a tough slate of games for the sounders I'm you know and that, I think looking at that you look back at three one and one that's a good yeah th- that's great right you'll take that any day um, any day of the week especially in that month I mean five home games how often does that happen I know it's pretty rare so it's gonna be tough can we talk about one thing in the games and, and our, our crowd is I would hope now, 13 years later, and I tweeted about it, so educated, but I get so angry when our players have the ball and they don't, all of them need to be screaming man on. Yeah. I don't think they understand that. <laughs> we cannot hear anything well, on the field better. from other players. That And that's great because <laughs> that means that our crowd is really loud. Now, if we go to Dallas, I can scream across the field and tell you that you've got a man yeah, on yeah. before it happens. But sometimes you're so enthralled in the game. And the tweets I get back are like, oh, you're a professional. You should know no, to look over your shoulder. Yeah, no. That's not how it happens. Everything on the field yeah. is, is happening a million miles an hour. And yeah. sometimes you just that's don't probably, look over your shoulder. Yeah. We need you to scream in the game. (laughs) And when I watch, if I watch the Premier League, every game they're screaming and and they're like, yes, it's a 12th man attitude, but we need another coach on the field. All you guys can be coaches on the field and let the players know, right? And I think that that, it keeps you more engaged and involved in the game. And I know everyone's standing and watching, but let's take this thing to the next level and really help these guys out because too many times, Even in that game, uh, I think Christian was on a little run and someone sneaks up from behind in the second half and it's a great opportunity, and now it's a counterattack. And our crowd was silent.
1: Yeah, I do remember that.
0: Like, you're all watching the game. You know what's going to happen. Help
1: them out. Yeah, that was a great shout. You heard it straight
0: from Brad Evans, guys.
1: Piss me off, guys. (laughs) I never thought of that. That's a great shout. Um, We'll take a little break. On the flip side, we'll be joined by general manager. I think he has more titles, president of soccer operations king of soccer in seattle yes. i don't know golf <laughs> Love away who, listen, he's taking time to come here. He should be on those phones. So we're stealing <laughs> him away from what he should be doing. So it's a backhanded uh, compliment. <laughs> s- right speak of the man, he, he walks in right now. We'll just keep it going. Yeah, just keep uh, it going. Yeah. I was just saying, I feel bad taking <laughs> taking your time when you should be on the phones. So wow. I feel yeah, bad. Good
0: you can just <laughs> clip that to your. Uh, Guys, we were just talking sure. about just yes. a big pet peeve of mine uh-huh. when I'm watching the game and. <laughs> someone on our team has a ball and are on a little bit of a run, and you can't, when you're playing, you can't hear players on the field, Mm -hmm. right? That's upside down, keep talking. We need the crowd to say, to scream man on right in the game and every time it's silent from our crowd yes we're chanting the whole game but i need them to be like a twelfth, twelfth man and an extra coach because our players cannot i, I can't him. i can't hear what he's saying five yeah, feet away on the field
1: yeah.
0: right what's, what's interesting oh, wow. that is it that, that as compared to when i played
1: yeah
2: like that's totally different right like yeah. I was the goalkeeper that was like one of my strengths was i could organize it i wasn't very good but i yeah. could put the people in the yeah. right spots put in the front pieces. of me yeah and so we could at least be coordinated yeah, yeah. um but I thought that I've been down on the field enough yeah. like oh. but 30,000 people yelling man on you're going to hear it do you think that, that we're... And again, I think we have the most sophisticated soccer crowd. That that's what right? I'm saying. Yeah. It's but, but an educated think, crowd. Do you think that's enough, though? Do you think they...
0: Well, we'll find out because it's, it's a challenge now. Brad just called <laughs> yeah. them all out on I the I called the them all out. Every <laughs> all right. fan.
1: Right. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but we were just talking here and we said, obviously, losing to Montreal was disappointing. But when you take that with the five-game homestead in general, 3-1-1 three, yep. three, one, one, you came out, yep. you knew you had points to make up you know, yep. after... The slow start. Um, and are we are we on right now? Or we on? Yeah, we're on. Yeah.
2: So we're... Yeah. we're, we're, we're all right. This it's is not live. Boring. I can okay. edit. We'll edit okay. Yeah, all right. Okay. You drop
1: an F-bomb and yeah. it'll come out. Don't
0: worry
2: about
1: yeah. it. Yeah. No, no. Look, I just want to make sure that, that uh, it's going to stay. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. yeah. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. So,
2: I'm on the record.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, I'm just curious how, you know, we spoke to Schmetz a little bit after the game. Yeah, that defeat will sting in some ways, but you've got to be quite pleased with how you manage the five games. I mean, 3-1-1 is not... Bad. Yeah, you know, you guys know me well enough now. I'm a numbers guy, so, I
2: mean, just easy easy math, right? That's 10 points in five yeah. games. That's two points per game. If you average two points per game, you're going to be pretty good over yeah. the long term. So, now, c- couch that slightly in that it was all five home games, and so, that you know, the next five games are going to be more difficult with more road games, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. But, no, I, I think the Montreal one was, it was disappointing just in the sense that we'd we been dominant three days earlier,
1: yeah.
2: right? And, and so it was a pretty steep fall yeah. to that uh, to that level and I think we'll we'll look at internally how we approach the game a little bit yeah. and and uh, you know I think the Toronto game is difficult I mean just it's the third game in a third yeah. game week it's a long trip like you're gonna you had a couple guys hurt so it's just one of those where as a GM like my job is never to hang up on one game one yeah. way or another so you gotta look at the trend and you know after Toronto I think we're at halfway then right I think we played 17 that'll be 17 yeah and so but, you know, worst case scenario, you lose to Toronto. You're on 23, um, projects to 46. So well, that's not enough, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's barely playoffs. But if you look at it and you say, and I don't care what any analytics would tell you in this case, but the first eight games don't count, in my mind, because even when you had your best team on the floor, they weren't playing for that game. It's not the same. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 what happened in San Jose, in my opinion, was those guys actually went out and just destroyed San Jose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they said, well, the, 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 after 60 minutes, they're like, well, the next game's the one that we actually have to yeah. win." Yeah.
0: Can I get off, coach? Yeah. Yeah. I need yeah. To, yeah. yeah. And you guys know, like,
2: if you if you let up for a second, like, oh. like yeah. you're, you're, you're too good, right good now. League's the league's too good. good. The league's too good, yeah. exactly, right? But at the same time, like, am I gonna shed a bucket of tears over that? I'm not, yeah. right? I mean, and this is why like Coach Schmetzer has a tough job, right? Because he has to get those guys going for every game. Yeah. And they have to go out and do a take your best shot. But like some of the chuckles I had were like, you know, you know, Coach Schmetzer, did you think you had the lineup to win this game? I'm like, that's not actually the objective. Like, yeah. like the, the yeah, objective yeah. was to win Champions League. And yeah, right. and again, like we would all love to be Liverpool and compete for four trophies. And again, I don't mean to be disrespectful of the open cup or any of this other mm-hmm. stuff. But with where we are as a league, yeah. you know, if you're trying to do something to make history, if you think that that's gonna come without a cost, I think that's foolish. For I mean, sure. it's, yeah. it, it's arrogant, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and, and again, that's not to say that you shouldn't give a sincere effort, but like yeah. you should also accept that there's, some, there's a price to pay for that. Um, and I think we would all take the trade, right? Yes. For sure. And yeah. so now <laughs> yeah. I think it becomes, okay, get healthy in the second half of the season, and I think it's very reasonable that if you're focused only on MLS for 17 games in the back half, that you're going to end this eight home, nine away. It's pretty balanced that way. You know, that you're going to do pretty well, I think, in the back half with the group that we have, with the talent that we have. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's, it comes back to, can we get healthy? Can we stay healthy? And that comes back to process. That's the injury prevention plan that I, I don't know if I'm talking mm-hmm. to you guys about it. But you've yeah. heard me talk about it, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's just no one coming in the season that our top five players are over 30. And, you know, that we got a whole bunch of young guys that are decent. And, yeah. and uh, I think we'll get better as they play. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think we've seen that with Jackson. We've seen it with Obed. We've seen it in past years with Atencio, with yeah. Leva, Leo Chu. Like, there's, and, you know, as a GM, I always want to give my coach options. I don't want to say, you got to do this, or I like this guy. It's like, it's got to be a collaborative thing. And if we have half a dozen young players, then... Okay, then yeah. you guys pick. You, know, yeah. you guys train them. You guys set the team up as you want. You know, Even now with, our, with JP out for the year and Ovid shut down, um, the Ovid injury doesn't actually change anything because it's the same position, right? Mm-hmm. You still have Atencio and Leva and Roe, and, and yeah. you can also yeah. rotate right. Christian back, right? Yeah. And, so, and I don't think anybody wants to do that because Christian's yeah. playing yeah. so well so as wild. a right winger. Um, but again, that's the optionality, right? Cause as we, if you look at now Leo Chu and Medranda and Morris, that's yeah. three guys not named Roldan that can play winger, at, yeah. apparently at a pretty decent level. Yeah. So yeah. Now, it's, now the coach can mix and match and say, for this game, this one, tactically this one. And so I think that's the objective that we want to achieve. And then I, I know I've been talking for a while, but no, that's the last most yeah. important thing for me is, if you set out to win the Champions League and you do that and you make history, <clears throat> the other thing you have to respect as the general manager is that you have a good team and that the guys who are on the team got you there. And so now you cannot fall victim to this ego thing of it's the summer window. Mm -hmm. Gareth Bale to sign with LAFC. I have to do something. Like what we have to keep in mind is the long-term continuity of our team. And there's some guys with some contracts that are coming up. And in my opinion, we should prioritize taking care of those guys in the Mm long-term over a potential short-term fix in the Mm -hmm. summer. And we know it's a short-term fix because if you go out and sign a six right now, Obed's not getting worse. He's going to be back, right? Yeah. So, and JP was third in the MVP vote, so <laughs> yeah. he looks pretty decent. He's he gonna might be back. even be stronger yeah. and fitter cuz yeah. he's got this break and yeah. Yeah.
0: you know, yeah. he he'll be he will be. be.
2: So, yeah. so you're talking about a short-term solution there. Yeah. And again, if you rotate Christian back, you're talking about a short-term solution at yeah. right wing. Yeah. And so again, it's it's like, you know, are you all in? Like yeah, we went all in in January when, when we signed Rusnak, right? And yeah. like we're at this mature part of our cycle where I, I totally get it, man. Everybody always wants to get better. We're always looking to get better. Hopefully, we can find a benazet type deal yeah. where we can get somebody, uh, you know, at a good value. But if you look at it from a salary cap perspective, in order to get Rusnak, we had to trade Brad Smith. We had to not resign Shane O'Neill, mm-hmm. um, and there's one that's not coming to me right now, but. You know literally we're just we have so much talent now that it's it is one in one out like there is no way to add somebody yeah. at this stage <laughs> yeah. and do it and if you look at lafc again which again they're great front office great team like just really good organization and so again every fan is going to compare us to them and they should yeah um but they missed the playoffs last year exactly right yeah. and and so they should have more room to yeah. build yeah. and you guys know you're going to have to integrate all these guys in the space of 15 games yeah, or it's less, not easy. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and again, I'm, I'm not saying I would. I mean, I think they've made great decisions. I think they've given themselves a really good chance. Yeah. But it's not so simple as just no. plop everybody down and Gareth Bell's training for the World Cup, so he's going to be healthy. Like, yeah. that, like
0: oh, hopefully, he will be from a league perspective, yeah. right? Yeah. So anyway, I will, I will stop. No, no, right. I, th- I think the biggest thing here is just consistency and continuity is the name of the game when we're talking about, especially the Sounders, right? Like you walked into a team that had made the playoffs for... You know, eight years in a row. Eight, right? eight years in a row, right? And that's your job then to I'm keep the moron to keep that to the, going. You guys, well, you guys, well, yeah, you guys, yeah, guys, yeah, guys supporter's shield in the Open Cup. I was like, oh
2: yeah, I'll come. I'll make that better. Sure, I will.
0: Clearly, clearly not a real smart choice, right? So okay, let's let's <laughs> go back to that because I think fans would want to know like what spurred the decision to go to a team that was. A winning team yeah. versus going to a project where, you know, you could say, okay, <laughs> I took you, this over. Salt Lake
1: was, yeah. you, you guys had a really cool project. You, Jason Kreiser, we respected what oh, you guys totally. were building. Yeah. Hey, just a different market a different beast the team yeah. was established was going in one direction and then you came from that environment into here when you really didn't have to you had probably more to lose than to gain yeah. if you win well they were winning anyway yeah. and if you lose like this guy whole thing up so yeah. I, like, I mean that's tough yeah. no look it, it was not lost
2: on me uh, for sure and but look I, I had built not and again, I hate that uh, I's not the right pronoun right mm-hmm. we had built lots of good people mm-hmm. me, Jason others uh, had built Salt Lake um, and so I, f- I didn't really want to start from scratch again, if I'm honest, because I was like, I've done that, right? Yeah. I know I can do that. Okay. But what I don't know is, could I go, and you know, we'd won the one title in 09 and, yeah. uh, and we'd been in the Champions League final in 11. And so like, we had, and I felt like we'd been pretty consistent. Yeah. But literally there's just down the road, there's 40,000 people a game and Rio Tinto's capacity is 20,000 a game. Yeah. I'm not a math major, but, <laughs> you know, I think that's probably more revenue than, than 40 than it is <laughs> at 20 and... <laughs> Um, and you know you had all this legacy of famous yeah. players and stuff, and I probably yeah. didn't realize the all of the cultural parts yeah. of Seattle. Like I, you could again, you could read it's been here since '74, mm-hmm. and and you can look at all the Ash team guys and stuff, but you can't appreciate this thing until you You're get right. here. And, and you you know I, yeah. I still remember the 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 first. My brother, my little brother, lives in LA, and. Yeah. Yeah. He came up to like the first was first or second I think it was first game that, that I was the GM uh, and did the march the match and stuff like that and he calls me and he's like what idiot put you in charge of this <laughs> he's like he's like what this is actually really cool like what what what, what, are, what, are, they, what, are, they, what are they
1: doing
2: so thanks you know, bro yeah yeah no so it's one of those it still is not is not his best one ever though was was after we won in 2016. And we went to the Zach Scott was retiring, <laughs> yeah. and and we did the tribute match and, yeah. and memorial and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm in the crowd just being a fan and yeah. cheering, and it's great. And I think you might have even be yeah. playing in that one. I, oh, I was, yeah. you, play, yeah. you both play both You and Ozzy were All right. And uh, a, a fan comes up to me in the stands and with a nice, like said, "Thank you for bringing joy to the city." And I thought, oh, like, this is. I was like, team. oh my gosh, wow. like yeah. this is why I moved, so yeah. Like, yeah. because that's, that's the brilliant. team matters in Seattle. And like this random person came up and how we're misguided their judgment about my role, like. It was still like this, this, this cool thing, and again, so I call my brother, and he, and he, uh, without skipping a beat, is like, "Oh, you must have thought you were Santa Claus." <laughs> <laughs> Similar body types, <laughs> way yeah, yeah. So what it's is, uh, it. <laughs> I come, I come from a, a you know a background where we're, we're used to some give and take, you know, and, love <laughs> yeah. it. and uh, you know, so you know, why did I go? Uh, you know, I think yeah. there are a lot of people that doubted whether or not I could do it on a bigger scale and yeah. so that was the challenge it. was yeah. was could I do it with with any yeah. kind of wrong pronoun yeah. could we mm-hmm. build a group yeah. of people that could that could do it and yeah. that was a fun challenge and, and I like to think that so far you know we're we're all sure. we're all better off for it so yeah.
1: I mean you could argue the last 6 7 years have been more successful mm-hmm. in terms of you know it wouldn't happen without those first years I don't think but I mean you had in 2 MLS cups a Champions League I mean some the big trophies that were missing. I think you'd be able to get them. Um, but um, you guys, you guys take some credit though, right? Well you, well. You, you guys, well, you guys laid the foundation
2: though too, yeah. right? Because yeah. by building that brand, it, now yeah. it's just easier to get a player to come to yeah. Seattle than it is to Salt Lake. That, that's I mean, that's yeah. not a shot at Salt Lake. I, it's a beautiful place. i didn't yes. tell anybody to live there. But this is now—it's the fans and it's the former players, and yeah. they're like, "I can go play where Brad Abbs or, yeah. or Steve's yeah. like." Yeah. And, and it's not—it's it, like, yeah. not just you two guys. Like at Salt Lake, keep in mind, we were eight years in. Our former players. There were no former players. Yeah, they were, right. were just players exactly. that had yeah. played for us, yeah. right? Like yeah. you guys are all yeah. down here, and you stayed in yeah. Lamar and yeah. James, yeah. and like well, one of the things.
0: Easy, and, so, and, and like, yeah, you so could probably awesome. touch on this too because mm-hmm. you would probably have a better pulse on it. But I talked to Andy Rose a couple of years ago after we played. It was during the COVID years. Mm-hmm. Vancouver came here, and he was playing. Talked to him after the game, and, and I think we smashed them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Look." I've been on enough teams now since the Sounders to know that the Sounders are a destination for a player and a team like Vancouver is still a stepping stone to get to the next place. Why do you think that is? And I think we know why the Sounders are a destination, but thinking about other teams in Major League Soccer, like, why is it still just a stepping stone? And especially a team like Vancouver, right? A rival of ours.
1: A decent fan base. How how have they not, like, captured that
0: culture? And you've seen enough teams and... I mean, other teams in the league to say, you've seen the ups and downs. Why is it not more consistent? And and how do you create that consistency? Look, I think that's the million-dollar question, right? I mean,
2: if you can answer that, you can run any franchise in the league, right? Just pop, plug, and play. But at the end of the day, it comes down to the fan base. Mm. I mean, because like, look, we don't like to talk well of Portland, but guess, yeah. you know, within the yeah. last eight years, Seattle and Portland have been in the final every year, right? Yeah. 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 So you got to say they're doing something right, right? What, what do they have? They, yeah. they have, a, again, a maybe burn, yeah. you know, for saying this, but like, no. yeah, oh, yeah, like no, we they know. have a really good fan base, right? And, do. and, and we yeah. do too. And yeah. that is something that I think is at least partly organic. You know, yeah. I, I, I do think the Seattle fan base, I think Seattle launched the right way, right? Yeah. In connection with the Seahawks. I think yeah. there was a little bit of good fortune in that the Sonics had just left and yeah, so there was a fan sure. base that was that was open to it. And you know, certainly lots of people, Gary Wright, you know, and yeah. others did lots and Adrian Hanauer obviously did yeah. lots of things right from the get-go and yeah. that built that fan base. And look, you're seeing that that part's getting replicated now. Nashville's got a good fan base. Cincinnati's got a good fan base. It sure looks like Charlotte's got a good fan base. Atlanta's and like yeah, got yeah, a good yeah, fan yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, yeah, yeah. So like we're doing well with that, but I still feel like in Vancouver and I, I don't know the market well mm-hmm. enough to have to know mm-hmm. why. But I don't see mm-hmm. thirty thousand rabid fans yeah. that are passionate. We talked about stickiness, mm-hmm. like yeah. people that are going to seek out the team, and that you know more than just on game days. They're going to buy a jersey, or they're going to tell a friend, or they're going to put their kid in the academy, or you know yeah. that want to be part of that culture. And I do think that culture is the right word. I mean, I think you get the culture, um, you have that fan base, and and you got to have a fan base that's engaged and and. You know, again, Seattle from day one, Alliance Council, GM vote, yeah. like yeah. they've the Seattle actively asked the fans to be engaged and I think the fans rewarded them. So I think we're in a virtual cycle, the yeah. virtuous cycle uh, in that I think everybody feels included as part of this and you know, the stuff we do in the community building uh, fields for underprivileged uh, communities. I know you've been helping us emphasize yeah. a lot of that, both yeah. you guys have, so
0: yeah. anyway. <laughs> Real quick, Steve, I wanna touch on just that culture because mm-hmm. we're now gonna move across the street Yep. right yep. and we're going to be away from where everyone for the past 13 years comes here on the weekends yeah. and and what comes and watches the sounders yep. pr- uh, practice on after yep. a game right and i just finished up a high school season and two of the parents were showing me photos at the party and it was me giving an autograph to their kids who i'm now coaching mm-hmm. and then all the parents are like well what's going to happen now yeah. because that is a highlight for our community yeah. and i this was a huge part of creating a lifelong fan. Yep. Was being here at Starfire and for all its Clint would hide in the ball bags <laughs> yeah. to get back <laughs> to the training facility to have to skip out on autographs because you could sit there for yeah. an hour like, after training and, and yeah. you don't want to say no, right? So what are we going to do to to continue that, right? Because I think I I really think that this was a huge part and yeah. continues to be a big part of connecting with younger kids and and their parents and yeah. Now well, we're going to move across the street and we're not going to have it. Let me ask you a question in response because I'm
2: genuinely interested yes, in your yeah. answer, Brad. Uh, so, so look, the short answer to your question is I think we're now at a next stage of our evolution mm-hmm. where we can't move away from that, but you had to be grassroots and accessible every single day mm-hmm. in order to build a fan base at first. For a decade. Thirteen, yeah, 13 yeah, years whatever. in, I yeah. think we might be in, 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 a, in a different spot. Yeah. But let's unpack that because here's what I'm interested in. I think that one of the key things that we've been able to do is we've always been able to sign good people as well as good players. Now, we can sign good players. And again, that sounds so simple, sign good players, right? But we're not LA. We're not, a, we're not New York. The people who come to Seattle aren't attention-seeking necessarily, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They're not here for their movie career yeah. or their if, fashion yeah. line or yeah. stuff like that yeah. to go out. And right? And so I'm interested because because you have that and you had to sign autographs coming out of press every day. I think that actually caters to a certain type of hardworking, honest, salt of the earth personality that then contributes to a good team and a good culture. So, is there validity to that? I,
0: yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think everyone from day one was. If you look at our expansion draft, that was every player was that hardworking, like under the radar type guy. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's valid. Now, how do we continue? That is going to be the question, right? And how do we continue to stay engaged on this, like? Uh, smaller scale.
1: Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I think, I think it's a great we both make great points. Um Garth, I wanted to ask you this and this is not in relation to any specific player at all. Yeah. This is just more of a general as a GM talent evaluator. You, you go out, you see a player, you say that guy is gonna be pretty good. You guys sign the player. And maybe it doesn't hit the ground running right away. Yep. Some players need time. We see at the highest levels where you know a player goes to Man City or Liverpool and the first year is so so second year they explode. Um where's the balance between putting the trigger saying we got this wrong like that guy's just not going to fit to you know what no given more time this guy comes good what's the delicate balance there because they are eating up salary cap they are taking minutes from other players when do you know is there a way to know or is it just you just go over your gut on a case-by-case basis i I think the first thing is
2: one of things i said before which is optionality which Mm -hmm. is to say i don't actually try to avoid being in a position where i said like this is my guy or i need this guy to make it what i try to do is give here are four choices, and yes. can one of them work, can one of them okay. fit, you know, depending on different ca- uh, uh, categorizations and stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, like, if you spend three million on one guy and 30,000 on the other, the three million guy is probably better, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. we, we've gotten, like, that, the whole thing with the player development thing, up to this point is, those guys do come in on lower salaries, right? They're younger players, and so from a cap perspective, it's efficient if they play. Yeah. Um, and again, as you have success for a long period of time, you have to have young players come in and develop, mm-hmm. right? So, how do you give them an advantage? How do you how do you how do you match it? Well, coming up through the academy, coming through Defiance, now they know how the Sounders play. They know about that Sounders culture. Mm-hmm. They know what Coach Mercer expects. You know they're familiar with the support staff and the personnel. Mm-hmm. Probably now we're, we're we're integrated enough where they've probably trained with the first team. Mm-hmm. As you know, we're, we have 15, 16 year sixteen-year-olds coming in training with the first team. So they know the guys. Anyway, so it gives them maybe the best chance to succeed, which doesn't mean they're all gonna make it, um, but maybe is easier than, and and look, I'd I'd ask the same question to you. You came up through Arsenal, right? I mean, and so was that the same way there? Because we're not reinventing the wheel. We're just trying to make it as easy as we can for as many of these kids to succeed.
1: No, it was, you're absolutely right, yeah it just was that for me and Arsenal was similar too because I was there when it became an academy and Arsene Wenger had come and it was about streamlining each age group to mirror what the first team looked like and he moved the youth team to the same location as the first team, so you were in the same buildings and things like that. So I think, yeah, what you're saying that makes absolute sense.
2: And and, and so then the second step is, okay, because the other thing that happens with these kids in particular, right, is they come up and they come down, right? And they come up and they come down. And the whole thing is, as long as the overall trajectory is this, we're okay. And like, so think back to Christian Roldan, right? So we draft him in in, uh, 15 and he, I mean, you were his teammate, so, Christian was Christian, I think. He was a pretty mature kid, is my yeah. memory at least. He was certainly a hard worker, mm-hmm. right? And and wanted to learn from Ozzy in particular. And, yeah. um, But he, didn't, he played some of the time his rookie year, right? And then in 16, it was actually Coach Metzer who shifted him to that yeah. 4 2, 3 one and put him next to Ozzy for the first time. At least that
0: has been six years, yeah. but I think that yeah. I'm pretty sure that's right um Which and he hated by the way because he always thought that everyone was out to get him and steal his position <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but look he but he did to his credit though he definitely yeah. mentored christian yeah, yeah, and yeah. helped yeah. him
2: and of course we win the championship yeah. that, right and yeah. with, with that group and yeah. again with hindsight i don't know that that was our most talented group but yeah. it yeah. was our most cohesive group yeah. right yeah. and and that was Brad. to go back to where we were yeah. to me that was the 2014 team yeah. winning in 2016 right he yeah. had yeah. won the supporter shield he'd won the open cup you just hadn't won yeah. MLS Cup yet, and, yeah. and 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 a couple of the names are different, but it was the yeah. same core group that yeah. that came out yeah. and, and won that won that championship. So. Um, Steve, where I was, to finish the thought, yeah. I'm sorry I'm so long-winded, no, I'm it's just we've tried to find loans then for some of the guys that come through and, and have worked out. So Ethan Doubler to Czech Republic, uh, last year we sent Fons to Austria, and uh, sort of Kitahara, yeah. uh, a kid that we think has a future uh, with the Sounders long-term. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've looked at stuff like that, where we say, hey, if a kid gets hung up and he can't send a dinner on to yeah. uh, uh, to San, to San Antonio. San Antonio yeah. um, you know, in, you know, Shannon. I hope you know, some guys aren't with us anymore. You yeah. know, so we tried to maintain good relationships and try to find other outlets for these kids to play, um, if it's not if it's not happening for them. Um, and in terms of the, the veteran guys, look, this is the other part of it, right? Is, um, because you play for the Sounders, you tend to have opportunities, right? So um, there was a lot of hand wringing when Shane O'Neill left at the end of last year. But again as a GM, dude, we had eight free agents. Mm-hmm. Seven dudes came back. Like yeah. that doesn't happen. Like 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 it was you know Wybels it was his first year here. He's like, all right, we're gonna have this contingent plan, like an H plan and a B plan, and a D plan, and like there's no the, okay. There's there, there's not he's like, there's no way. He's like, you'll get one or two. Like you know, they're free agents for a reason. They played the contract out, like and yeah. like yeah. I don't know, man, like we're pretty good. Like it's a pretty good setup. And like when, and so, and again, to be clear, none of that is a shot at Shane, like like, good for him. He got a deal, but I think Shane got a better deal because he played with the Sounders. And so, but like, again, if you take that as a positive, go back to that cultural thing, right? Mm Celebrate that. Yeah. yeah. Give, you know, try to treat the players better on the way out than on the even when you, they come in. Yeah. And now, if Shane goes and has success, guess what? The next guy's going to say, yeah. Hey, Seattle looked pretty good for his career. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to come back and play yeah. for Seattle. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: point.
0: yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about your just experience in major league soccer and how you rate players mm-hmm. and specifically. Javi Morales and where he sits in your mind as what a, what a one of an MLS like greats.
1: Listen, uh, I hate that Salt Lake team. Because it was like the one, they played in a way that nobody played at the time. No. That yep. narrow diamond yep. and then a spindle I used to run off to we, the left. We, we yeah. were a pain in the neck. to play. It was just like and then going there just like oh my god you, you knew you are going to run tonight so yeah I would love to hear more about how cause he, he was like a nico-esque influence on that team yeah like he was unbelievable look um, yeah. how did that come about yeah. too uh, yeah. I, I, would, I would love it to was,
2: yeah so so look I, I, again like i think some of this stuff in sports is so simple mm. if you play at salt lake you're playing at four thousand feet of altitude yeah so in the last 15 minutes of games yeah. it doesn't matter. you should have an advantage over your mm-hmm. opponent yeah period full stop so now how do you exploit that if you have the ball and you can make your opponent run. Yeah. Now you maximize <laughs> that last fifteen minutes. Yeah. Like it's not a real complicated analytical formula, but all right. So now you win all your games at home, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you go on. Like you're gonna be for a small budget, small market team. Yeah. That's a pretty simple formula. That then that's replicable, and yeah. you can follow that. And you know, you guys beat us after I think we were unbeaten in thirty-four yeah. Yeah, games yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. And, and you guys came was, in and yeah. knocked us off. Yeah. But but I mean that that was how we did it. And, and sorry, Brad, I feel like I didn't. I got. Whatever I think. So, good, answer your yeah, yeah. question. Um, t- sorry, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell hobby. I just hobby. want to know about hobby. hobby. Yes. Yeah, hobby. So, first of all, the Champions League stuff was so fun for me personally, mm. and I didn't want to talk about this in the run up to it, but yeah. I can talk about it now with you guys a little bit yeah. if you'll indulge me. Yeah, it, it was really personal for me. I mean, we had made the final in eleven, mm. and and we had poured blood, sweat, and tears into that thing. You know, we were the first team to beat a Mexican team. We beat Cruz Azul over two legs in the yeah. group stage, and we won the group, and, um, you know, and we had a chance to tie at home, and, and we're champs, and we didn't do it. And so it took 11 years wow. to get back. And so that was, and, but so the coolest thing for me personally was Nat Borchers came to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ned Grabavoy called me and wished me good luck. Mm-hmm. Jason Kreiss. Uh, and Javi Morales. So this is what prompted the thought, because um, Javi's in the academy for inter Miami, yeah. and so he was up here uh, a, a couple weeks before the game. He was he was he was up. I, might, I think that's right. Maybe we were playing them in a term. Maybe I said maybe it wasn't in Seattle, but we were playing against Javi's team. Um, I think we beat him. Maybe it must have been the GA Cup. Was it GA G- Cup? Yeah, maybe maybe so maybe quarterfinal, yeah. Yeah. something yeah. like that. Okay, yeah. that's what it, that's what it was. Yeah. And but anyway, Javi called me after the game and was it was just like, hey, you know, good luck in championship. Like we like you're, these are demons to vanquish yeah. for for this and <laughs> yeah. Hamas and Alave coaching their their the yeah. RSL two team and, and same stuff. So uh, cool stuff for us. Javi, um, I didn't sign Javi. Javi, so Javi was there before I was. Wow. This is like there's two quirky things that are funny. Like I've yeah. never hired a coach yeah. in, my, in my career. Cause I, I Jason was there. And Ziggy was here, yeah. and yeah. Brian was here, yeah. and I had Jeff Cassar for a, a year in between. But that was yeah. that was Jeff, the own, the, right. the yeah. owner. Yeah. The owner came in and made yeah. that decision because he was nervous that I was going to leave, so he didn't want me to, to yeah. hire for one year. And, and so anyway, it's just it's just a weird fact, right? Hmm. Huh. Um, Fifteen year career, never yeah. hired a coach, yeah. um, and so didn't 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 hire Javi. Mm. Um, I, I will take credit for resigning him a couple times <laughs> yeah. and, and and putting some things around him to help him. But you know, back then it was. Um, because I, I did uh, not as well as you guys, but I was a TV guy for a very uh, short period of time okay. while I was in law school uh, <laughs> trying to get some beer money. And, uh, you know, I would I would literally get games when John Harks couldn't get a babysitter. Not making that up. Uh, so, because they had to have a famous guy, right? I was, I was far that from was a famous it. guy, but I was the local guy. So I was like, I would come here and like, is? so like in like one summer of those, 2010, uh, the World Cup, all the all the famous guys, all the good guys, Don't they, they went it, to yeah. the World Cup. And so I, I, I got to do uh, the D.C. United game. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so little things like that, and and you uh, uh, you anyway, I'm I'm taking us on ridiculous tangents now, but no. I fans going, are gonna love it. This Don't worry great. about yeah. it. <laughs> it, it. It was just uh, somebody like Javi yeah. comes in was successful. And, and sorry, I, there was actually a point there. I, 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 Christian Gomez had been really, really good, oh, and before yeah. that, very yeah. and so I knew that DC United culture a little bit because yeah. I'd been the TV guy there for three or four years. Uh, while I was in law school, and uh, mm. thought, hey, you know, at the end of the day, if we can get if we can get a proper uh, yeah. ten, yeah. that's a foundation you can build around. Um, and so we got that one right with Javi. But again, it, it, it's personality, man. Like he yeah. chose to embrace salt. Lake. Yeah. He wanted to be there. Yeah. He wanted to be there. Yeah. He didn't want to go so to the a similarities big with Nico, right? Yeah. Yep. And literally yeah. similarities in the sense of the first meeting I had in person with Javi was with his wife mm. and with their son Santi, mm. who's now a darn good player, by the way. Okay. He's 14 years old now. <laughs> um, he's in the Miami Academy. Um, and he, dude, he used to come in our locker room and he would literally dribble. Like he was, he was better on the ball than I was. And, and like and he, when he was four and he would like dribble in and out of, but Nick Romano's kids were pretty good. So like, that was our culture. Like, it was like, it really was like this little family. Cause it's a small little place and everybody's from somewhere else. And so you kind of bond together, uh, to, to kind of succeed uh, together. So Javi look, my, my favorite thing is I'm still in touch with Javi. Yeah. Um he's a really good person. I think he's going to have a. I think he's a guy who could be a head coach in MLS at some point. Yeah. Um he's and, he's and he's doing it the right way. He's paying his dues. Yeah. He's coming up through the ranks. Yeah. He's putting in his time. He's getting his badges um and so that that's somebody that so to yeah. and I, I, like to compare him to this here's the reality. <clears throat> Javi Morales The most money he made for us, if I'm remembering correctly, was four hundred thousand dollars. So to go back to that initial uh, comparison, Nico Ladero makes three point three million. Yeah. So you're hard pressed, I think, to say that the four hundred thousand dollar guy, and again, adjusted for inflation, you know, let's say it's it's worth a million million today. But it's a three point three million dollar player versus a million dollar player. So is Nico Ladero objectively better than Hobby? I think you have to say yes. I mean, and and Nico Ladero's won the Copa America, right? Yeah, and finished yeah, third yeah, in a World yeah, Cup yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, played for Ajax next to yeah. Suarez, right? right? People forget this, right? Like, yeah. it was him and Suarez. Yeah. What happened is Nico broke his foot yeah. and then he his came back to Brazil and then yeah. eventually to us. Yeah. So, like, you know, when you look at that and you look at Rui Diaz, who I think is from in my opinion one of the best strikers in, in, yeah, yeah well yeah, ever and yeah. I think and still in like in
0: all the Americas so <laughs> I, like, I think yeah. it's insane that he doesn't play for Peru yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, <laughs> everyone every an- <laughs> an- announcer for Peru is, is it blown away yeah. too why he's not it's, there but okay
2: so anyway but I, but I take it as a positive that I think the league's getting better yeah. right yeah, yeah. And, and again let me ask you guys a question right because because mm-hmm. I played in the league ancient yeah. times long long ago and I look back there are ten teams there are yeah. two goalkeepers, so I was, I was one of 20 dudes yeah, yeah. who got paid to play soccer. Now, by got paid, I, get, I made 24 grand, so let's, and I know you started similarly. Uh, so, so like, use, use the job term yeah. loosely. Um, and now I think, you know, there's goalkeeping jobs, there's, yeah. there's at least three per team, some carry four, yeah. 30 teams, now there's yeah. 90. But at the same time, you know what? not too many 6 foot goalkeepers anymore yeah. right yeah. and and again like the level of instruction has changed and you're getting better athletes yeah. coming now into the position and so even though on the math I want to say ah oh, I could have made it today I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if that's actually right because I didn't have the athletic gifts that you guys had. What do you
1: think? I will just I think about it. I don't, the, the league's definitely improved. I mean, I, I've always... I mean, been, we won Champions
2: League, right? Yeah. I'd love to yeah. say how great we all yeah. are, but it's because
0: the league's better, yeah. right? right? Ten because years was, ago, yeah. there was yeah. top yeah. to bottom. Yeah. Top to bottom better. The league is better.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I always think the good players can play We'll figure out in any era. Do I think like you know, speaking like Morales or even like David Ferrer from Dallas at one point, like they could play today to me. Like they could, you know, More- Jaime Moreno going even further back from DC. I mean, what a player! That's was. very, that's a very yeah, Eddie Pope. I think, Classic. Play. Yes, these guys yeah. can play. I mean, it's definitely changed. We'd have to adapt. Like, I, like I played with Brad, you know, five seasons. Brad could play in MLS today. No, yeah. would adjust and change our games a bit. But I think without question, the league. I mean, the league is much much better. Like, I think just Wildly. the coaching, Wildly. the tactics, even how like Montreal play we never faced that no MLS team was playing like that back in no. the day like it's you've you seen different styles and you're going to you know play LAFC they're gonna play this way I think back when I played it was very much 4-4-2 <laughs> yep so through this. and through 4-4-2 yeah. let a couple special players to win you the game like you just went to battle and then maybe a couple guys made a play you won the game it wasn't the tactics wasn't evolved it wasn't so much we're gonna play this way and do this and when they have the ball here we'll be there I think that's made the league better the players obviously better as well but um I'd like to think we can play in any error, but I don't know. It's well, a very let's, good let's
2: take this a different way. Is it like, say, I love build on this, right? This, is yeah. a, I, like, this is, yeah. You guys are so cool to indulge in these <laughs> conversations. So like, this is how my brain works. I really enjoy yeah. like trying to expose. But like Christian and Jordan, right? Two for me, two of the best sounders of all time, yes. right? And and really successful guys and have have earned yeah. their way up, right? Seattle kids. Well, we it's funny we call him Roll a Seattle yeah, kid, even yeah. though technically yeah yeah uh, he's he's Seattle. So, yeah this
1: yeah,
2: point but they're on the fringes of the national team, right? Yeah. And and so we look at it, you know, hey, could Jordan play as the nine? Because we don't have a lot of great nines right yeah. now for the U.S. Like, But, it, you know, and, and look, I, we wish those guys the best. I hope that they're both starting in the World Cup. Yeah. But just think about that. Like, I just don't, 10 years ago, yeah. a player of that level, I think, would have been a star for the U.S., yeah. First, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and now you have Champions League winners
0: who are ahead of yeah. you yeah. on the depth chart. Yeah. Depth chart. You, know, you wait for a <laughs> Champions yeah, it's League all, winners. The game has changed. Yeah. The, the game has changed, point. for sure. Yeah. And it's changing so rapidly that it's hard for us to actually yeah. Yeah. really figure out, like, what's going on. But to me the biggest thing is the, just the caliber of player overseas that's coming and signing here for at the right age. Mm-hmm. And if it's not at the right age, it's not a 5 million dollar DP right. deal, right? right. Like Chiellini is, you know, is a TAM yeah. deal, right? And yeah. I think that that's fair now. I think 10 years ago we were looking at those deals saying, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, yeah, you right. know. Well, so I think Who's the best player you ever played with, Brad? I mean, I would say Gije was the best player that and maybe just because I was at such a young age and I had never seen a soccer player like that play the game like he did Mm -hmm. but you know 19 assists in a season plus you know 10 or 12 goals was was wild and I'd never seen anyone that knew where everyone and everything should happen (laughs) on the field without even looking (laughs) up Mm -hmm. right and and that was that, that player maybe just made the biggest impact yeah um but I mean playing with Clint and and even Josie at the time on the national team, like I had never played with a striker like that who could just absolutely manhandle everyone. And and so played with some really good players, but Gijé probably made the biggest impact on me as a player. Um, and he came from Boca Juniors yeah. where he was winning Copa Americas, and you know, that, that was so cool yeah. to me. But how many of those guys are on your team?
2: Because what you're the, that Columbus yeah. team you're talking about, yeah. there was one, one. influential player, and right? Everyone else right. was right. a bunch and of and Americans. The national team, yeah, which was, was crazy. Dempsey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or Dempsey and Altador, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was two, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. And now if it's you look different. at our team, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, just it's It's literally all stars and MVPs, right? Yeah. Like in every spot. Yeah. And that's that's different, right? Because now it's now
0: it's now because now you can play soccer, right? Yeah. Now the ball can yeah. Well, everyone um, wants to play soccer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: No, that's a great point. Duff, let me ask you this. I know we want not to take all your time, but I really want to get your thoughts on this. Where do you find, because we all, we all compete, you know, you're, in the, you're there to compete, you know. What we see happening on the pitch probably took place in the boardroom months ago. You were there competing. When you see LAFC make the kind of moves they've made, and maybe, you know, some things that Charlotte does or Atlanta does, where's the balance between admiration for what they're doing and then also not copying, but saying that's a good idea. When do you decide to adopt the things they do and other times time just admire what they've done, but then kind of stay true to what the sounder should be doing? How do you not get tempted to be like, they did Bell, we we better counter that sound. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You look, I think in life,
2: the most important quality, there's a number, I don't wanna be that absolute, one Mm -hmm. of the important qualities is to be humble. Um, And the purpose of being humble serves a real purpose because Mm -hmm. if you're humble, then a you can admit mistakes, yeah. right? And b you can continue to learn, right? And if you're humble, then other people can tell you stuff, right? Yeah, so yeah. when LAFC, like, look, I'm I'm tight with Thorington, right? Yeah. I mean, John's brother used to work for us here at yeah, the Sounders, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And and he's a guy who I've tremendous. So I, I would, like when they signed, I said, "How'd you do it?" Like and, and <laughs> yeah. called him and asked him. And like the, one of the cool things that's still fundamentally awesome about MLS is we are all trying to make this thing better. Yeah, exactly. we, we don't want to go back to one good player or a team, yeah, right? Like, yeah, Well, John was
0: up here yeah, when, before LAFC yeah, yeah, even yeah, started. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Garth, <laughs> what are we doing? Yep. Right? Yeah. Like, how do we do this? Right? Yep. And you guys are like, hey, come in. This is what we're yep. doing. This is how we do it, right?
2: 100%. And, and because, again, the enterprise benefits if, if more yeah. people watch the games, yeah. right? Right. We got this new awesome Apple TV deal. Yeah. We're all, if you think about it, we're all in the subscriber business now, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. you guys, I'm sure, know how many people yeah. Watch, yeah. listen to the podcast yeah. every week, right? So yeah we want LAFC to do well, right? And if they came up and they designed these transactions, look, the other to go back to the point you made, that makes it easier for us to do the same thing. If we if we look at it, right? Because now that guy who is going to ask for 5 million dollars a year before, I'm like well, bail just signed for, you know, one yeah. and a half. Yeah. So, you know, and that was in LA and, you know, no state income tax in, in Washington, yeah. you know, yeah. like, so it, help, it literally yeah. helps us as <laughs> counterintuitive as that is, Steve, you know, yeah. cause you look at it on paper, like, and this is the pressure, right? Like this is where if you, if you have an ego, I mean, we all have egos, right? You said yeah. we all compete, but yeah. like if your ego dictates to you, they're like, I got to go sign that guy. I got to go yeah. sign a the guy. They did yeah. bail. We got to get something else. <laughs> yeah. And, but if you're humble, then you say, "Hey, look, I might get criticized for this, right? We probably will if we don't sign a big player. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but I prioritize the guys in the team, the guys, the guys that got us here. The, yeah. Those guys just won the Champions League for the first time. I think for the good of the Sounders, right? Because ultimately, I'm I'm a steward for the Sounders, mm-hmm. right? We all are yeah. you know, in our different capacities. Yeah. So now, if I choose to spend that money on the guys who are currently on the team, no one's going to see that. That's yeah. not going to be flashy. It's yeah. not going to be attention grabbing." Yeah. But that—that, that in my opinion, that's probably the better decision mm-hmm. for this group. Just because—and again, not because that's always right. But like again, if you just won the Champions League and you've had a pretty good run of success, and you know, we look out and we say, you know, repeating's hard, right? Yeah. We, you were with us 16 and 17, and it, it was passed. hard. We got back in yeah. 17, but it was really hard, right? Um, and uh, mm. but this repeat in some ways—if you look at the Champions League, say, all right, we won in May. We have to win again in November. It's only six months later. Now you don't have JP and that, that, that hurts, yeah. but it's in some ways it's easier to repeat. Now you're gonna have to go on the road, right? You could, because you took eight games yeah. and you weren't full yeah. strength. Yeah. LASC is pretty good, there's other good teams. I don't think we're gonna win the West. Yeah. So you're gonna have to win some playoff games on the road. So it's, I'm not saying it's easy by any stretch, but from a contract perspective, it, it, is, it is easier trying to win six months later. Yeah. And I think you just gotta, mm-hmm. it, it, again, long-winded answer, but I just don't wanna chase something that is five or 10% better for three or four months
0: yeah.
2: and disrupt the overall cycle where, because I think if yeah. you look at our contracts again, everybody other than Jimmy Madranda, they're signed through next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, so there is yeah. no reason why this team can't be really, really good yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. again. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was going to ask that Um, we see it in sports all the time there's cycles there's dynasties you know the Patriots obviously has been the gold standard but San Antonio for a long time what Golden State's done and they always reinvent themselves Um, this current group Nico Raul Jordan Christian Steph JP when he's there add Yama to that group knew who's a part of it I mean it's a fantastic core group I mean we've added Albert who I think he's been unbelievable, to be honest. I know he's changed his game, but he's allowed us to have someone back there who can keep the ball like no one else. Um, how long does this core have? How long can they keep? Because other teams are making moves as well to yep. catch the Sounders. Yep. How long can that call before you have to really be like, you know what? We need five, six major changes.
2: Yeah. Look. Look. I grew up in Chicago, um, and, yeah. and uh, so I was a big Bulls fan and yeah. stuff like that, and, and got to watch, you know, arguably the best player of all time and, yep. the, and the dynasty and. A GM there, and Jerry Krause, that wasn't particularly well liked, yeah. but is in the Hall of Fame <laughs> yes. and has six <laughs> rings, and, <laughs> yeah. and and you know you know found Dennis Rodman and yeah. found yeah. Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen and did all these things. Yeah. So, um, and but they didn't evolve, yeah. right? Well, to be to be fair to them, they evolved really really well for a decade, but then they yeah. they shut it down and and it collapsed, and, and literally it's been yeah. twenty five years yeah. in the wilderness basically yeah. uh, since then and that's what you want to avoid because mm-hmm. to your point Steve you're going to cycle up you're going to cycle down i do think in this group you got a couple more years but but look the, so the other the, sorry to go back michael jordan didn't win a title until his 6th year in the league yeah. why because the pistons were in front of him yeah. and we hated the pistons man the bad boys they <laughs> yeah. they murdered jordan in the lane every time <laughs> he took the ball to the hoop like when you could actually foul players. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. When well, you could hand check, you could foul, hand right? Go right? yes, no get yes. beer. Like we <laughs> yeah. hated those guys. <laughs> hey you man, know. the
0: three-point shots revolutionized everything.
2: It, it has. Is. It has. We the really wor-
0: gonna debate this.
2: the Warriors are so fun to watch so when fun. the ball moves and stuff <laughs> like that. So but where I'm going is it took the Bulls three years, yeah. just to beat the Pistons. But then once they, once they beat them, they, the Pistons were done. Absolutely. They literally walked off the court early, right? That disgraceful yeah. exit under with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. There's an aspect of if you look at LAFC's mom and you look at ours. Right. Ours is fundamentally based on veteran players, right? Guys who have won big things and stay for a long time. Yeah. They've signed, you know, the uh, Bale and Chilini is going to get the headlines, yeah. Vela. But the core of their team is younger. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And so part of this, if you look mm-hmm. at it cycle and you're humble, LFC hasn't beaten us yet. No. But when they beat us, they might then be ascendant yeah. for a yeah. while, right? Yeah. And, and so I think some of it, uh, Steve, mm-hmm. the honest answer to your question is, we got to continue to try to be one step ahead. Those guys are pretty good. They're probably going to get us at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the point when we get them, I think we got to be humble enough to say, okay, maybe those guys are better than us now, yeah. and and yeah. Uh, and now we have to change, and we have to adapt, and yeah. we have to to yeah. tweak the model. And and look, it's not unexpected, right? Like the this is why we started player development, yeah. right? This is why we spent five years. This is why we have now, we have 12 kids under 23 hmm. on our roster, right? And, and like what well, yeah. And, and, and again, they're, they're not all gonna make it. They're yeah. not all gonna be superstars, but every kid that makes it, that is a squad guy, that that allows you to spend more money on the elite players at the top. Yeah, it allows you yeah. to retain more of those elite mm-hmm. players in terms of second contracts. And then if you're able to integrate those kids and, and the next Christian Rodan is in the group or the next Jordan Morris is yeah. in the group or the next new who is in off. the group.
1: Yeah.
2: Now 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 those guys can <coughs> play for you for a decade. And that's yeah. that's so that's the hope, the sustainability, Steve, that we never have to get to a point where we have to do we have to rebuild. Yeah. You know, where we yeah. hit the cliff, yeah. we fall off, and we say, you yeah. know, it's it's gotta be that. Because to go to the original point, I think I think we're the longest active streak in all the pro sports in North America right now in terms yes. of playoffs. Yes. so so 100%. thirteen years, thirteen years in a row. Because yeah. the Patriots so missed the
0: playoffs a couple of years ago, yeah. so we've
2: passed them. Yeah, the Penguins, and the penguins Are like Pittsburgh Penguins, fifteen, sixteen. Mm-hmm. Somebody made it, Somebody in hockey made it twenty-five. it? It might have been the Red Wings. The, oh, back, mm-hmm. in, the the back in the day. Yeah, yeah, but like, uh, they made it like twenty-five years in a row. So we're not close, but I mean, yeah. to your point, it's, I think it's been sustainable as long as our fans keep showing up. That then again, like we haven't talked about the other part of this is we have good ownership yes. right mm-hmm. and because the good ownership has always said yeah. Yeah. if we have the revenue we will Make put it back weeks. into, into yeah. the team yeah. and again that sounds so easy yeah. trust me yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is not a, I work for four owners it is not a given yeah. And, yeah. And, and, yeah. and sometimes the owner situation impacts yeah. what they're able to do with the team yeah. right and yeah. we are so fortunate to have the group of people that we have yeah. led by Adrian um, who again has been stable, right? Yeah. Yeah. And has himself been the general manager. So he knows what the day to day of the team is. He knows, yeah. dude, the hardest thing in my job is infrastructure. Yeah. Because if I say we got to hire another scout for the academy, the owner looks like, what, what's that doing for me <laughs> yeah. right like you know so you yeah. gonna identify yeah. a 15 year old so that maybe seven years from now he's going to make a difference in a game like seriously you want me like yeah. and adrian's like yeah i get it like yeah. like it, it, it that's i'm there. telling you culturally it is so important yeah. to have that and to have like performance staff we we have like we started out with dave tenney yeah. and and i think when i got here i think it was it i think well i mean i think we had Intern level people that yeah. were helping them. Yeah. Chad was Chad good. Chad, Chad, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chad, yeah, yeah Chad, yeah. and and you know, Ravi even started out there, right? Even though yeah. Ravi was really a data analyst, yeah. And, yeah. and we separated those things out. Yeah. But we now have six people in performance, hmm. right? And so what that allows us to do is we have a performance analyst for the academy. We have a performance analyst for Defiance. Wow. We have mm-hmm. on-field and off-field specialists for the first team. We have a nutritionist. We have a yeah. sports psychologist. Like even since, you know, you're the one who played most recently, yeah, like it's, it's exactly better, better, right? And and like we're giving the kids more of an opportunity now. And again, if you learn how to eat and even cook when yeah. you're 16,
0: benefit. Yeah.
2: That that stays with you, right? Yeah. You don't lose that, right? And it, it sounds like a really silly yeah. thing, but I'm telling you that's the stuff yeah. that sustains the cycle yeah. over Absolutely. time Absolutely. as an ownership group yeah. that's willing to invest in mm-hmm. a performance
0: coach for the academy team because that stuff pays off long term. You you have to do it. I I think the last one for me would just be the outlook on the national team in your opinion Mm. um, as we lead into the World Cup in in November, December. Um, Just your overall thoughts. I know I have mine. Um, You know, when I look at this team, I I just see a bunch of young kids Um, and looking back on my cycle was a bunch of, you know, 28 to 32-year-old veteran guys that were playing in Europe also. Not at the highest as high of a level as some of these guys are but more experience. so I think they had that going into that 2014 World Cup with Jermaine and and, and Michael and Clint and Josie kind of leading yeah. the charge um, but now looking at this team and and what you think that they can accomplish in this World Cup so I'm going to give you a GM answer that's probably a little bit controversial <laughs>
2: Um, and and uh, keep in mind, I I like Greg a lot, Burhalter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was at Carolina when I was at Duke. Mm-hmm. We played in the minor leagues together for the very famous uh, Raleigh Flyers Sweet. <laughs> uh, Yeah. in the uh, USISL for a, for a summer. Um, and it was the first player I ever played with that. Talked more than me, so he's like, yeah, he he a real thing. pain oh, in the yeah, ass. as a goalkeeper, yeah, yeah. like, he's a center yeah. back, he's like, I'm organizing, I'm like, no, I'm organizing, I'm like, he was a much better player than me, so uh, he, he wound up organizing, but um, I am predisposed to, to, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt, but what I would say that he got right, and to be fair, Ernie Stewart got right, um, because he was named the GM right around the same time, was, and this is maybe the country story this World Cup doesn't matter, What matters is 2026. And so what you did is you you took the players who would be the best in 2026 Mm. and you said, we're going to have the youngest group in qualifying in the world Mm -hmm. to to, to qualify, right? And we're going to invest in them. And we believe that in 2026, they could actually contend and and, and maybe make, you know, that'll be our best chance, you know? And so do I think we can get out of the group? Sure, we could. I mean, like, the group is interesting, right? Because there are no bad teams. No. So there's no... You could finish first to fourth yeah. in, in, in the group. Um, that said, you know, in theory, if you just went by FIFA rankings, we're the second-ranked team yeah. in that group. And so if you win the Wales game, if you win... I mean, the first game always matters more disproportionately yeah. than anything else. But so if you can beat Gareth Bale... Yeah. Um, then, uh, you know, hopefully you can be, get past Iran. Yeah. And, you know, what happens with England happens with England. And, and we tied them last, you know, a couple World Cups ago. Yeah. Um, but, I, like, again, what I would say, to your point, of all young guys, they're not winning. Let's be, let's be, let's be serious here, mm-hmm. right? I mean, no matter how much high level they're playing at, like, if they win a couple games in the knockout round, like, if they made the quarters, we'd all be over the moon, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? And, and it, the standard is, unfortunately, the standard hasn't moved, right? Because I, I feel like for my lifetime, get out of the group has kind of been the, all right, that, that's yeah. successful. If you do that, you're successful. Now win a knockout game, all right, that's great, right? 2002 was unbelievable. We yep. won two knockout games, yes. and, right? <laughs> but, of- but we weren't a contender. We've never been a contender, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I, look, and I don't know if we'll be a contender 26, but it, it's to me, it what's, Yeah, what's, what's worth it is trying. Yeah. right? Hard things are worth doing. Mm-hmm. Like we may never accomplish this, but yeah. man, let's take a swing. This is the best swing we got in our lifetimes. Yeah. So let's take a swing. I think it's the right approach. I think it's the right group of players. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I think it has interesting implications for guys like Christian and Jordan, yeah. right? Because again, these guys are guys who I think would have been stars yeah. eight years ago yeah. in this group, but they've been, the younger guys have been preferred. Yeah. And But so what happens after this World Cup, right? Because <laughs> uh, presumably then, the guys who are 28, 29, They'll still get called in, yeah. but I mean, you know this toward the end of your career. You're, you're yeah. not the foundation of that no. 26 team at that point, right? Mm-hmm. And so, are you gonna get, you know, not then again, I don't mean to personalize it to them, but yeah. I think yeah. that, that yeah. in some ways, what happens after the World Cup is more interesting to me. Because, mm-hmm. look, I'll watch as a fan, I'll root, root them on. Yeah. You know, it's not gonna end well. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like it, it's not, yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah. and if they, they win, win yeah. the round of 16, the quarter, like, it doesn't, does it, I mean, Again, we'll all be happy if they yeah, do, yeah, but like, yeah, does yeah. it make any difference? Yeah. I'm not. And, and again, will it be an incredible, colossal failure if they don't make out Not for me. Yeah. You know, because those guys. Group. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Because that group will gain yeah. that experience. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, absolutely brilliant. Goff, pleasure. Could we do this all day. Um, we'll let you get back to the phones to all right. find <laughs> that JP replacement. No, I'm yeah. joking. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, pleasure. Come back on at some point because I want to do next time, I think, because people overlook that you actually have a playing background you was a goalkeeper a hundred pounds ago <laughs> we'll get to that so I want to bring you back on and just focus more on the journey how you even got to be um, in this chair This sound GM chair because I think um, you actually have a pretty cool story if you go all the way back with law school and all that as well so yeah um, you organize it and we'll yeah do this it. will be part yeah. one part two whenever we'll you're Gough free back, man yeah. whenever I would you're love free. to do that. yeah yep. absolutely but golf, pleasure um, good luck in Toronto and then of course we'll be seeing you down the line at some point
2: thank you and I just want to say really thanks to both you guys I, I know shame on me we haven't sat down and talked football I know and you guys are some of the best guys to talk football yeah we going to do that anyway do that. Yeah. continued good luck with the podcast I know yeah. you guys are doing really well and I just I'm really yeah. grateful that for, for having me on and I yeah. really enjoyed it thanks so, for coming thank on. you
1: pleasure thanks golf. pleasure